This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 16th to the 22nd of May. I'm Ezzy Pearson, the magazine's news editor, and I'm joined on the podcast today by our reviews editor, Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hiya, Ezzy. Are you ready for this week? It's time for another week. Let's go. You know, I'm sure you're like me. You love eclipses of the moon, yeah? Absolutely. Well, we kick off the week with an eclipse of the moon. There's a bit of a caveat here, though. It's, oh, no, in the morning sky. No. And unfortunately, it actually sets just as it goes total. So we get half an eclipse. But half an eclipse is better than none, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So we kick it off with an eclipse. And it's in the morning, as I say, but uh, it's one of those things that you need a clear, uncluttered southwest horizon because it will be setting as it goes into eclipse. Now, the moon enters the penumbra. This is the fainter part of the Earth's shadow, the outer zone. And that's at 2.32 a.m. But it then enters the darker, the umbra part of the Earth's shadow at 3.27 a.m. So you've got several hours to observe this as it goes through the, the early phase. It looks like the actual phases of the moon. Uh, sort of like the, so the moon gradually has more and more of this full moon being cut off by the Earth's shadow sweeping across it. It doesn't go total until 5.11am. Now, depends on where you are in the UK, but moonset occurs roughly around this sort of time. The centre of the UK, it's about 5.12 for moonset. So literally within a minute of going total, the moon will set. So you will need this uncluttered southwest horizon to actually see it. Some won't quite see it going to totality because it will have set early. Others will catch probably a minute or two more of the totality. But at least we get to see something as long as we have clear skies. At least we will get to see a partial eclipse in this case. Literally is partial because we only partially see it. You know, but uh, if uh, you're further around up towards, I think, the eastern seaboard of the US, you'll get the whole of the eclipse itself. So, uh, you yeah, know, this is one favoring them, but at least we get to see the first half. 
Yeah, I, I would say, you know, we have listeners all over the world. Hello, everybody. Um, uh, so if you aren't based in the UK, definitely look up what time your moon set is and you might get lucky and be able to see the whole thing. It'll be an interesting one because with it setting just as it goes into totality, of course, when the moon's in total eclipse, it looks dull red, but you've got the added effect that it's setting. Now, just like the red sunset, and we actually have a red moon when it sets, it'll be adding to the effect. So I wonder whether it'll make it very dark, this particular one, because it'd be very low down, looking through more of the atmosphere as well. So you've got the reddening effect, but you've also got the dimming effect of the atmosphere as well. So you've got several factors to play into that uh, if you're in the UK. So uh, well worth having a look at just to see what sort of effect actually takes place as it actually sets. Now we move on. May the 18th now. May the 18th. Oh, we're back in the morning sky. But it's worth it. Trust me, it's worth it. Well, I think it's worth it anyway. We've got Jupiter and Mars. We mentioned Jupiter, Mars, Venus and Saturn. Yes, they are still there. But concentrate on Jupiter and in particular Mars. Because these things, they don't stay sit, sitting still. They, you know, they're, not, they're not stopped in the night sky. They're not fixed like the stars. That's what planet means, wandering star. And so Mars is still moving against the background stars of Aquarius, but Neptune is nearby. Now, we mentioned it last week when you could actually see it between Mars and Jupiter. Well, now Mars is in conjunction with Neptune. So if you didn't catch Neptune last week, then it might be worth trying now because Mars will be below it. So Mars acts like a guide, even though it is much brighter. So Neptune manages 7.9, uh, Mars around about magnitude plus 0.2, if I remember correctly. So quite bright and quite a big difference between them. But binoculars and obviously a small telescope will really help us at this case. And uh, so it's worth grabbing another planet. If you didn't get it last week, try to grab it now because you've got a bright planet next to it. This is the, this is always great when you've got a bright object next to it, either a moon or a bright planet guiding you to a fainter object as well. So well worth having a look at. Neptune will be to the upper left of Mars. And I say, look about 4 a.m., roughly over in the east. Jupiter will be to the left, and Saturn will be way off to their right as well. And Venus now is getting extremely low, lying to the left of Jupiter, and the gap is getting further and further between them. But I mentioned Mars moving. Well, as Jupiter's pulling out, it's a slower-moving planet. It's further away. Mars has a faster motion against the background stars. And now, just as we saw Jupiter and Venus catch up and pass each other, now we're getting to the point whereby Mars is closing the gap on Jupiter itself. So, May the 22nd, they're getting a lot closer. But on that morning as well, it's well worth looking out. Look at Saturn, because the moon, the last quarter moon, will lie below Saturn on the 22nd to end our week. Again, at roughly 4 a.m., you look towards the southeast for Saturn and the moon. But uh, So you've got quite a few planetary bodies there. If you can still get Vesta and Neptune as well, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven planetary bodies. Oh, sorry, eight, because you can see the Earth, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Never want to forget the Earth. It's kind of an important one to us, even if it is down we? instead of up. Yeah. We, we, we do forget that we're looking at the Earth. So you've got another planet. You could always say, well, even if it's cloudy, you can see one planet. <laughs> well, that makes quite an interesting week sort of thing, planetary-wise. So uh, we've got quite a few uh, planetary encounters there and with the moon joining in as well sort of thing. The, the moon gets in everything, doesn't it? 
I always think, you know, the moon gets a bit unloved by astronomers. It's always there. It's very accessible. It's usually the very first thing when you look up in the night sky and you start doing astronomy. It's the first thing you you, you ever look for, you know, when you're even, you know, sort of a, a, a child, like even a baby, you can see the moon. So I, I like agree. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it is. And it, it's the, the first thing that gives you a chance to learn about astronomy and you learn about the phases as well as you watch it. And it's so reliable. Sort of thing. So, you know, as long as the sky's clear, it, you've, you've usually got the moon at some point, whether it's in the early evening, late at night or in the early hours of the morning. You can always see the moon. And if you can't, it's probably not a good night to do astronomy. Unless it's new, obviously, but... <laughs> And then it might be an eclipse. <laughs> and then of the it's sun. a great night to do astronomy. <laughs> well, yes, yes. So no moon in the sky, sort of thing. Get get your telescope out for the deep sky. Well, hopefully it won't be cloudy uh, all this week, and you'll be able to get out there and see something, listeners. And please do let us know if you manage to catch any good sights. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes, or Spotify.